quick thank you to our sponsors for making this podcast possible. They keep this show free to listen to. This episode is sponsored by Byheart. Byheart features a patent protein blend that gets closest to breast milk. Their formula includes the most abundant protein, alpha-lac, found in breast milk, as well as lactoferrin, the number one protein found in colostrum. Byheart is an easy-to-digest formula, which includes prebiotics and an 80-20 whey-to-casein ratio like an early breast milk, making it great for a newborn's digestive system. Byheart is the only U.S.-made infant formula made with certified clean ingredients, including organic, grass-fed, whole milk, not skim. What it doesn't have is soy, corn syrup, GMOs, or palm oil. Curious about Byheart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com forward slash podcast. Use code PEACE for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. I came to parenting with everything I learned in childhood, yelling, punishing, controlling, and shaming. After trying almost every method, I found the idea of connective parenting, and I was totally shocked when empathy, listening, doing away with all rewards and consequences, and just being a safe place actually worked. I mean really worked. It moved the behaviors of my children, and it felt good, really good. For the first time, I began to enjoy parenting, felt deeply bonded to my kids, and received so much more love and affection, especially from my very strong-willed and highly sensitive oldest daughter. This podcast was born out of the idea of sharing the message and helping parents find more peace at home using the idea of connection. I love helping other parents in my private courses, online classes, and right here on this podcast, find success like I did over 10 years ago when I began using this approach. Join me each week, either alone or with a guest, as we explore the complexities of raising connected kids in a modern world. Welcome to the Peace and Parenting Podcast. So glad you are here. Welcome to the Peace and Parenting Podcast. Thanks for joining us. I have lovely guests today, Kate and she is going to tell us a little bit about herself and what she does. And we're going to talk about the idea of divorce and divorcing with children and, you know, just the, the ins and outs of it. Welcome to the show, Kate. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Yes. I'm so glad you're here. Yeah. Um, well, I was so about me, right. Um, yep. I'm, my name is Kate Anthony and I am also known as the divorce survival guide. Um, I am the host <laughs> of the divorce survivor guide podcast. I help women make the really hard decision of should I stay or should I go? And I walk them through the divorce process. Um, should they decide to go? And I also, um, um, you know, I have two online programs geared towards both of those things. One is the, should I stay or should I go? And then the other one is the divorce survival program. And, um, and I work, unfortunately, I work a lot with helping women identify and heal from emotional abuse. Yeah, that's hard. That's good. Hard work. Yeah. It is yeah. Hard. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're a saint. You're doing good stuff out there. We all appreciate it because divorce, like you and I are both divorced and it's not easy. And it certainly isn't easy with kids. No, no. So yeah. What do you say? What, what do you tell the person who has children that are getting divorced? Well, I really mostly work with moms because 
um, you know, frankly, as far as I'm concerned, right, the, um, you know, I always say like, I don't really care how you do your divorce if you don't have kids, right? Like, yeah. whatever. Very easy. Um, <laughs> right. Like go for it. You want to be in litigation and you want to tie up your assets and you want to like make your life miserable in order yeah. to make their life miserable, like have at it. Yeah. But if you have children, um, what I tell people mostly is that um, at the end of the day, the litigation system uses like children are the, are really the only pawn, right? They're the thing that can be used. And so, you know, what I always say is you want to put your children at the center and never in the middle. And so every decision that you make should be filtered through the lens of, okay, what's best for my kids. And very often that won't be what's best for you. Yeah. Unfortunately. (laughs) Right. Right. Um, Because, you know, divorce is not about winning and losing, right? So much of it is about compromise um, and having to, you know, sort of, you know, decide again, what's best for your children. And very often you will have to give things up that feel important to you Mm -hmm. um, in service of your kids. Yeah. And I think that's a very hard place to be. It's a hard place to navigate. It's a hard place to say, okay, it cannot, where can I self-sacrifice to make it okay for my kids? Yep. And how do I go through this, like breaking up with this person I was, you know, deeply in love with or married to for a long time and I'm in a bad place and then the kids are in a bad place and it's, it's very difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But I like how you said, put them in the center and not Mm -hmm. the middle. That's right. That's right. Cause the, the litigation system, right. The court system will put them in the middle, right? Like attorneys will, you know, will, will fight over a percentage of custody in order to save someone money on child support or get more money from, for child support. Right. And that's, and that's, that's by definition, putting them in the middle. Yeah. And they just become these pawns. Exactly. Exactly. And it's awful. It's awful. So in order to do that, I think the important, the important is, so it's like, oh, that sounds great, Kate. (laughs) I'm going to blow up my marriage. I'm going to pull my kids out of their family. And then I'm going to do all my decisions based on them. Right. Like what? (laughs) So, so in order to do that properly, what needs to happen in my opinion, um, and also my opinion is based on years of experience and research, right? Like I've been doing this for over a decade. Um, So what needs to happen is that you have got to, when you make the decision, like nobody comes to this decision lightly. There is years of agonizing. Yeah. um, If you are the one who, who decides, right. And if you're the one who has been decided for, then you're all, you're about to go into, right. There's just so much emotional upheaval around the decision, no matter who makes it. And so the first thing that a lot of people do is lawyer up, right? Like, okay, I've decided now, or like he decided now I got to get an attorney and da, 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 da. And that's probably the, the last thing you should do. That is the worst decision. Yeah. Um, That's the worst thing to do right off the bat. The most important thing that you should do off the bat is just take a deep breath, right? Take some time. 
take some time to process what is happening. Because as we all know, right, like you make decisions in the midst of of upheaval, they're probably not going to be the most um, sort of thought out, reasoned, (laughs) emotionally (laughs) intelligent choices. No. Right? Yeah. So take the time, go through the emotional grieving process before you make any decisions about what's going to come next. Yeah. That's really good advice. I think, I think a lot of people I've seen a lot of people, like you said, lawyer up right away. And then it just becomes a circus. It's a circus. And then, and then what, what tends to happen too, is that over time, the circus has begun, right? And then over time you start to mellow out, right? And the circus is in (laughs) full swing. Totally. Right. And I have had clients say that their attorneys are fighting a battle for them that like, they never wanted, like, what are you, wait, I don't want that. What are you talking about? And it's like, it's happening. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, as I always say that you're making the biggest legal and financial decisions of your entire life Yeah. in the middle of the biggest emotional upheaval of your entire life, you know, and a will made on your deathbed or in, you know, any other legal document that is signed in a heightened emotional state yeah. is null and void. Totally. That, and <laughs> as should your divorce be, there should, you're, exactly. there should be a cooling off period. Well, in like, many states there is, oh, there, you can't even get an attorney. You should not be able to get an attorney for six well, months. Well, there's not that right. Because you actually have to file for separation, but right. you have to be separated for six months or separated for a year before you can file for divorce. And I think that's like, you know, yes, yes, do that. Yeah. My ex and I did our divorce ourselves. We never got an attorney or mediators Mm -hmm. and it was pretty easy. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I know I'm unusual in that and many people can't do that, but if you can, boy, is it so much better. That's right. Or, you know, mediation is just, I think, and and I think there's a myth about mediation that it can't be done in high conflict um, situation. And it actually can, as long as you have a mediator who is well-trained and who, um, you know, specializes in such a thing. Yeah. And there are plenty out there. Yeah. And I think that's a great way to go. I have a couple right now who's in mediation. They seem to be making good progress, you know, like really getting there to the, to a place of, of agreement. And I think that's where you want to get right as a place of agreement, not a place of disagreement where it just gets drug out. Mm -hmm. What about, um, people who are scared, you know, to leave because they worry that they're breaking up their family or their kids are going to be, you know, damaged forever or, Mm -hmm. you know, all of the, all of the fears around that. What do you see in your practice? Um, I, well, I mean, I see that all the time, you know, yeah. women in particular, um, moms are, are, you know, look, we're willing to do anything. We will sacrifice anything for yeah. our children. Yep. And, um, you know, for better or worse, I think the amount that we sacrifice or the amount that we're expected or asked to sacrifice in our um, society is damaging and, you know, yeah. can be catastrophic to us. Um, financially, emotionally, all of those things. Right. Yeah. Um, And I think that we, um, I think that we have it wrong. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, Agreed. First of all, divorce doesn't screw up kids. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> How we do divorce can screw up our kids. Yeah. Um, and we make up this, this story and, and, and look, it's not that we make it up, right? It's been fed to us. Well, I was going to say it's the story that already existed. We just choose to believe it. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And it's false. Yeah. It's false. It is not true. Yeah. Um, the research shows that the long-term effects, short-term, yes, your yeah. children are going to be affected. We're not going to be Pollyanna-ish about this. We're not going to sugarcoat it. Short-term divorce impacts children, totally. of course. Long-term, as long as you support them through it and you're, you know, you if get them a therapist if they need it, you work with a co-parenting coach, you, you know, you really put them again at the center right. <laughs> of, of all of it, long-term, they will end up just like everybody else. <laughs> Right. And I feel like if you're not putting your kids at the center when you're married, it can be just as detrimental. That's right. Well, and that's the thing is that the research also shows that children who are raised in toxic environments or in unhappy marriages are affected. Yeah. They do, you know, they have, they have warped sense of what relationships are. Yeah. Right. You know, imagine I, I always think about like, you know, my, I know my, like my ex-husband, his parents, like they clearly didn't really like have a good marriage. Like, I guess, like, I mean, now, like in, in hindsight, I've known them for a long time. And, you know, I think by the end of my father-in-law's life, I think they had a pretty, you know, solid, a different union. Right. But in my, in my ex's estimation growing up, right. He was like, there's something wrong. Of course, always something wrong and nobody's talking about it. Yeah. And I think that's the thing is like, it's, it's seemingly, or it's, it's said to be normal because it continues to exist. And sometimes people don't talk about it or it's just like, this is the way it is. That's right. I wonder that's what right. that does to kids long-term. Right. And, and when, and listen, kids are so intuitive and they're so yeah. sensitive. Right. And then they, they can feel it in their bones. Like this is, there's something wrong and this yeah. is weird. And I don't like, this is, this feels awkward, but I guess this is just what marriage is. <laughs> and yeah, this here. is, and these are the patterns that they repeat. Yeah. Right? Let me so, go find, let me go find this. Let me exactly. It shouldn't be hard. And, it shouldn't be that and hard. It's, and it's not conscious, right? <laughs> oh, that's hard. <laughs> and it's not conscious though, right? This is no. the imprinting. Right. When this the modeling, the yeah, you're this modeling is, it and it's being absorbed and that becomes your default understanding of relationship, your default understanding of love, your default understanding of the way in which people get along. That's right. And, you know, one of the things that I, um, you know, that I ask people, I say, you know, is this what you want for your kids? Yeah. Because this is exactly what they will go on to create in their future. Yeah. Um, and, and so, you know, very often actually seen through that lens, it becomes pretty clear. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and so, you know, the, so the research says that, that children who grew up in unhappy homes don't do that well in future relationships. The re research also shows that children who are put through the ringer and put in the middle of a bitter and nasty divorce process yep. also 
grow up with relationship issues or trust issues or whatever, right? Anxiety, depression, all sorts of stuff. So it's not the divorce itself. Yes. So it's not divorce itself that screws up children. And I think that what has happened, what happened early on in the research is that, you know, you would, they would just take divorce and not, and not separate the research into good divorce, bad divorce, (laughs) right? Right. It was just like, oh, divorce is the problem, right? You know, and it's 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 correlative, not causative. Yes, <laughs> not a word. it doesn't cause it, right? Right. So, mm-hmm. what about people who say, well, you know, my my soon to be ex or my could be ex is going to make it horrible, That's right? It's That's going right. to put us through the ringer. It's not worth it. I'm going to stay because he's or she is going to make it impossible to have a calm divorce. Yeah. Right. And I hear this all the time where they, right. Where they're, and also that they're threatening all sorts of stuff. Yeah. And I'll my, take the kids from you. I'll disappear. I'll, right. you know, you'll never get a penny, all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. And what I say, and those, to those people, I say, you should, first of all, run. Um, consult an attorney. Yeah. Run. <laughs> what did you say? Run, run away. but consult an attorney because what, you know, this is a form of manipulation and abuse. Yeah. And he's presenting or they're presenting this narrative that is literally not legally how things work. Right. So empower yourself with knowledge. I, I always tell people consult an attorney. When I say don't run off and hire an attorney, I do not mean not to consult one. The first thing you should do is consult an attorney so that you understand what the laws are in your state and in your county, because they can vary county to county even, right? Mm -hmm. Understand what the laws are so that when they make these grand pronouncements about how they're going to, you know, take the kids and you'll never see them. And you know, all of that stuff, you can rest assured that that's literally not how it works. Yeah. And so then you have a different conversation when they say that you can say, I understand that you're really angry about this. Um, and we have a lot of legal decisions, um, and financial decisions ahead of us. Um, I think it's most important for us to take a breather Yeah. because what you're saying to me is literally not how divorce works in our state. Yeah. Um, and then that kind of gives you a little power, right? Because what all he, that is, that is a scare tactic. Right. And when you're scared, you are controlled. Right. And when you say to him, actually, um, I understand that you're speaking out of anger, but that's actually not how it works. You, that control vanishes. Yeah. So, and I feel like if you're, if somebody's treating you like that, do you want to have, or why would you want to remain in a relationship where you're being held hostage at, at someone's threats and exactly. they treat well, you like they, that? They could treat your children like that. And I well, don't they, know. They do. Right. Yeah. So this is my, you know, the likelihood is that this is not the first time no. that they have threatened you and used coercive control tactics in your marriage. Right. And so Unfortunately, I think um, women who are experiencing this and who kind of absorb it and believe it are already set up to 
be victims of this kind of emotional manipulation that makes them doubt their own sense of reality and self anyway. Yeah. Right. This is not the first time this converse, this kind of conversation has happened in the marriage. So you really need to do some, I would highly recommend reading some Lundy Bancroft. Why does he do that? Um, because it's really, you really start to understand, um, the 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 levels of manipulation and control that are at work in these kinds of dynamics yeah right and you're absolutely right do you want to stay married to someone who needs to threaten you in order to do that or use those kinds of control tactics like yeah of course you don't no but a lot of us say well we're doing it in the name of our children that's right are you looking for ways to parent without yelling or threatening do you crave to understand connection and how to use it in everyday practice with your children Is remaining calm a challenge and staying away from shame hard? I can be helpful. I've been there and I've also helped so many parents overcome their parenting challenges with my one-on-one programs of either six, eight, or 10 weeks. We dive into what's specifically difficult in your own family and I tailor ways to help you remedy them using connection instead of conventional parenting methods. Go to www.peaceandparentingla.com forward slash private hyphen sessions and find out more about my private one-on-one courses. I'd love to see you there. And so here's the other myth, right? That the other myth is that one, that that you stay married because you can mitigate it, right? That he does abuse our kids that way. He does use that kind of manipulation on our children. And so I need to be there to control it and manage it and soften it. Yeah. And the reality is that you staying there condones it, supports it and, um, and reinforces it and reinforces it. Cause you could have sons that might behave that way or daughters who might behave that way or follow that behavior or be succumb to that kind of behavior because they think that it's normal. That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. And and, and, the, and again, the research shows that two separate homes, even if only one of them is healthy, is far better because you actually, you know, we were talking about earlier where like there's something wrong, but no one's yeah, naming yeah. it, right? right? When you give them one safe, soft place to land where they are being unconditionally loved and nurtured and parented in ways that, that you teach. Yeah. Um, cause you can't do that no. while no. also being in an abusive controlling home, right? Or so even that- just a home, you know, devoid of love and caring and understanding. Right. And even if it's right. not abusive, if it's divisive too, right. it's hard to be a, a peaceful, connected parent. That's right. And so if you can take yourself out of that situation and create one place where you can be connected and you can have that, you know, that, that loving connected relationship, then your children are, first of all, they're, they have, they have stability, even if it's only in one home. Um, and they also develop objectivity where they start to grow up and go, huh? Yeah. It's, I feel this way in one, in this house. And I feel this way in this house. And they actually get to choose. 
Yes. And they do, by the way, when they get older, my kids choose now. <laughs> let, let me tell you also. <laughs> let me tell you, right. Yeah. We have kids the same age. Right. And they tell me like, mm, I'm doing this mom, I'm doing that. And I'm coming here and I'm doing, and I'm going to your house and I'm, and yep. And it's okay because they, they found the objectivity. Just like you're saying like, if, oh, if we compare apples to oranges, once you be, have a really more rational brain, you come to realize what what feels That's right. good. That's right. That's right. And, you know, I, my son will come to me and have really hard conversations with me about his dad and his yeah. feelings. And, you know, I'll, I listen, I validate, yeah. you know, yeah. I empathize. Yeah. I don't throw his dad under the bus, but I'm certainly not going to gaslight my kid and be like, you know, what are you talking about? You're, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> That's just not going to happen here. Right. Yeah. But if I'd stayed in that relationship or if his dad was like the only experience of parenting, he'd be like, there's something wrong with me. Yeah. Or it was the other thing I see too, is that if you're fighting about your parenting, then Mm -hmm. the kids internalize that it's their fault that you're fighting because you're constantly like, you're trying to protect the child. This child's being punished or whatever, ridiculed by one parent and the other one's trying to protect them. And they're getting in these big fights. And then the kids are thinking they're fighting because me. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, one of the reasons I had to leave my marriage was because I could not co-parent in the same house with that man. Yeah. I I hear that a lot. His, his form of parenting was all about domination and control and I couldn't. And I thought I was the problem. I was too nurturing and I was molly coddling and all these things. Right. And I, I couldn't, I was so triggered constantly, Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) you know, I couldn't. And, you know, and then I got out and I started to learn for myself that like, oh, I was not, I was not, I'm not the problem. No. No. My, my form of parenting is connected yeah, which and, is, and nurturing yeah, and empathic. Is. And that's, and that's, per, there's nothing wrong with that. Absolutely not. And you might think that, you know, you might think that your parenting is wrong too. I've seen couples where the person who's using the connective parenting starts to really doubt themselves like, Oh, well, they're right. They're right. I need to do X, Y, and Z because I see this behavior. And so they're right. And and it really pushes you to, you get confused as to what you really believe in. That's right. hundred percent yeah. happened to me. hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. I think it's off. It's common, really yeah. common. Yeah. And I will say, and I think that you have the similar experience that now that my son is 16, yeah. I can say the dividends are paying off and it's oh, really yeah. clear what kind of parenting yes. works better. I mean, I have people who come on, you know, Instagram or Facebook or whatever, and, and they'll be like, well, you don't understand. Cause you don't, you you'll see when your kids get older. And I'm like, no, actually I'll tell you what I do see. <laughs> and now I'm even more empowered to tell you that it works, that it really does work. And that, you know, the divorce really does work too. Yeah, that's right. It, it does. It does. And you know what, what'll happen now for me. Um, and I don't know if you've found this, but you know, like my ex will call me now and be like, I don't know how to handle this. Yeah. What do I do? Yeah. Because I feel like you kind of do this, this part better. So what, what do I do? And there are times when I do the same where I'll call him and be like, I don't know how to handle this. You yeah. know? Yeah. Um, and, and, but, but he re- actually has come to respect my parenting in a way that he never did when we were married. Yeah. 
it gives good perspective for people, I think divorce. Mm -hmm. And I don't, you know, I say to people who are thinking about getting divorced or who are recently divorced, I say to them like, congratulations for like picking, picking you and picking sanity and picking calm and peace. Because if you're even contemplating it, we know it can't be good. Exactly. People are, people say like, how many of your clients decide to stay, you know? And I say, well, if you're Googling, should I stay or should I go in the middle of the night and you're coming and you're swiping past a few pages of the clash and you're coming upon my website or you're scrolling through Instagram, you know, looking for the hashtag, should I stay or should I go? You're not in a happy marriage. No, no, that's, and (laughs) and that's okay to admit. And that's okay to be upfront about. Absolutely. And I think there's no shame. I was going to say too, like there's a lot of guilt and shame. I think that a lot of us, especially women have around divorce. And I'm here to say like, you don't have to, you just don't have to. You don't, you don't look 69% of divorces are initiated by women. So. Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And you know, and another statistic is that 25% of of couples who are getting divorced have been in couples therapy. And my, my anecdotal guess is that of the, of the 75% who have not been in therapy is those 69% of women who have been begging (laughs) their husbands (laughs) to go to therapy with them and they're, and they've refused, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, and then, you know, that sort of leads to the you know, what happened, what I see all the time is that they say, they finally say, all right, I'm done. And then their husbands will say, okay, okay, okay. I'll do anything. What do you want? You want to go to therapy? I'll go to therapy. Right. By which point it is too late. Yeah, it really is. Because once it gets to a certain point, I think there's no going back, unfortunately. Yeah. When women are done, I mean, it takes us forever to get done. Yeah. Forever. Yep. Years. Once we get there. Yeah. We're done. Yeah. I believe that too. Mm-hmm. This was so good. Is there any last advice, any last pieces of, you know, little nuggets, little gold nuggets you want to give to our listeners? I mean, I really just want to say that, you know, if you really want to put your kids at the center, right. And which is all that you do, Michelle, right. Really putting your kids at the center, um, consider, that, you know, if you're considering divorce, consider what that actually means, right? Right. Like, um, if you're considering staying for the children, think about what, what does that mean for the children? Like, what are you giving them Yeah. in that? If you're, if you're truly in an unhappy marriage and that, you know, there is a way to have a conversation with someone, even if they're opposed, right. To say, I know this isn't what you want. I know that you're upset and you're angry. I really hope that we can work together to put our children at the center of all of our decisions. And I think that's going to start with us taking a little bit of time and a breather yeah, to process our emotions before we make any big decisions. Yeah. Right. Because the day that you drop the bomb or the day that the bomb is dropped on you is not the day to make any decisions. Agreed. Yes. That's so good. Such good advice. I love the breather advice. Really, really good. And putting the kids at the center. That's my favorite. If you want to find Kate, you can find her at the divorce survival guide and she's on Instagram. Where else are you? I'm on TikTok. 
Oh, we TikTok in. <laughs> and I have a Facebook group um, nice. for women um, called Should I Stay or Should I Go? Cute. Um, and the Divorce Survival Guide podcast. Awesome. Podcast is great. And I have an episode on there and I've looked, I've listened to a few and they're really good. So you could check her out on iTunes. I saw her. You're probably everywhere, Thank but you. yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks everyone out there for listening. And we'll see you next time on the Peace and Parenting Podcast. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.